everyone. Welcome to this week's broadcast of Water, Wind, Wine Ministries. We're going to do something a little bit different today. I am actually joining my video and podcast series with the emails and the blogs that I send out to everyone who's subscribed. So please, if you haven't subscribed to get the blogs or to get the emails, please do that by going to the contact page on waterwindwine.org. For now, stick right in. Today I want to cover a subject with you that is actually very, very impactful. Turn with me in your Bibles if you have them to Mark chapter 10. Now as he was going out on the road, one came running, knelt before him, and asked him, Good teacher, what shall I do that I might inherit eternal life? So Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is God. You know the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud, honor your father and your mother. And he answered and said to him, Teacher, all these things I have kept from my youth. Then Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, One thing you lack, go your way, sell whatever you have, and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, take up the cross, and follow me. But he was sad at this word, and went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Verse 23. Then Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard it is for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were astonished at his words. But Jesus answered again and said to them, Children, how hard it is for those who trust in riches to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. And they were greatly astonished among themselves. Who then can be saved? But Jesus looked at them and said, With men it is impossible, but not with God, for with God all things are possible. So what we just read was the account of the rich young ruler. And I know, as I personally have heard ministers preach on this many, many times, you also have heard those preachers. And I want to present this story to you in a little bit different way. I want you to understand that this story is also told in two other Gospels. It's told in Matthew 19 and it's told in Luke 18. And in Matthew, they talk about the Kingdom of Heaven. And I want to get to that in just a second, and the Kingdom of God. To begin, the Kingdom of Heaven that's referred to in Matthew is actually the Kingdom of God. Because when Jesus talks about how hard it is for the rich to enter the Kingdom, he actually is saying the kingdom of God, even though it's translated the kingdom of heaven there. A little bit later, you see it's the kingdom of God. So Jesus is staying consistent, actually, that it's the kingdom of God. Now we have to understand, before we go any further, that the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven are two different things. The kingdom of heaven is a physical location that is above us. The kingdom of God is when we manifest the kingdom of heaven on this earth. It's when we bring heaven down, that's manifesting the kingdom of God. So Jesus, when he's talking to the disciples about what's going on in this ruler's heart, he's talking about the kingdom of God, manifesting the kingdom of God. That is really, really important to remember here. So let's get into the story. So the rich young ruler comes to Jesus and he says, what must I do to inherit eternal life? The inheritance comes by being born. So somebody just gives you something Okay, so the first point I want to make is that when the rich young ruler asks Jesus what he needs to do to inherit eternal life, which I've already talked about, then Jesus starts giving him all of these commandments that are not even in order. 
And he starts just randomly naming commandments. He doesn't name 10. He definitely doesn't name 631 commandments, which are actually in the Old Testament. He goes through, you know, a few, and they're not even in order. Why does he do this? The reason I believe he did this is because he knew which commandments that this rich young ruler had been keeping. Like, I believe the Lord was talking to him in this moment, and so this guy thought, I'm in, I've been doing all the things, right? Because what does he say? I've kept these since my youth, right? I believe that the Lord was talking to him and saying, tell him this, okay? Because he's secure in his own righteousness, okay? And so then Jesus looks at him and loves him. What does this mean that he looks at him and loves him? I believe he looks at him and he says, this man, deserves salvation. I love him. Like Jesus looks at all of us and says, I love them. And the answer that's blocking them from receiving salvation is this. I believe that's individual. I believe it's on a case by case basis. I believe that not everybody has a problem with money or not everybody has a problem with adultery or not everybody has a problem honoring their parents. That's very obvious, right? So this particular man's hang up was money. And we see that in the story. Now, so Jesus says to him, he says, sell what you have, sell whatever you have, give to the poor and come follow me. Now, first of all, this is not a commandment in the Mosaic law. Nowhere in the Mosaic law does God say, I command you to sell everything you have and then you can follow me. As a matter of fact, where the Ten Commandments and then the subsequent Mosaic law comes from is when the children of Israel actually leave Egypt. And right, if you read that account in Exodus, you will see that one of the things that Moses told the children of Israel to do was to go around to their neighbors in Egypt, their Egyptian neighbors, and get their valuables. So if God wanted them to sell their valuables and give to the poor, why would he tell the children of Egypt who were eventually going to inherit the promised land and eventually going to get the commands of God, why would he tell them to go get rich, right? The answer is that giving away all of your money or selling everything you have has nothing to do with inheriting the kingdom because you can't inherit anything by doing anything. And so what we're going to get to is that Jesus sees this man leave, right? Because the man does not want to give his goods away. He doesn't want to sell everything. And so he doesn't want to do this. So like I said, this isn't Jesus commanding him from a commandment in the Mosaic law. What Jesus is actually doing is he's pointing out that this man is actually trusting in his riches. He's not trusting in God for eternal life. And so he wants him to come follow him. And he says, sell what you have, give to the poor and come follow me. Now, why is this important? It's important because if you'll recall in the scriptures, when Jesus sent out his 70, right? He told them, don't take money bags with you. Don't take an extra tunic. Don't take sandals. What he was teaching them is that even though you have these things to provide for yourself, I want you to understand that I am your source. And he wasn't saying that you can never ever have those things again when you get back home. He was saying, I want to take you to a new level of relying on me. It's this level of money reliance on God that people typically have a problem with. They seem to trust God with their salvation or they say they do, but they don't trust God with tithing. They don't trust him 
with offering. I mean, I have some, seen some people who will give diligently 10%, but they won't give an offering to like maybe a preacher that comes to their church, or they won't give to somebody who needs it because they're like, oh, that they're able-bodied, they can do it, even when the Spirit of the Lord moves on them. And so what God is saying is He's saying, if you're going to trust me with your salvation, a really good practical step here on earth is to trust me with your money, okay? So that was this guy's hang-up. I'm not saying that it's your hang-up, but I am saying that it is very difficult, and that's what we're going to get into in just a few moments with this study. So this guy was hung up on money. He thought that he could buy anything. In fact, he thought that he could buy his salvation. That's why he was so quick to say, Lord, I've kept those from my youth. He was in effect buying his salvation with his actions, okay? He just wanted his little gold star to say, oh, this man has done all these wonderful things and so he gets eternal life. And he was expecting that. That's why he goes away sorrowful, thinking there's nothing I can do to actually buy my salvation or actually inherit salvation. That's why he went away sorrowful. He wasn't willing to give up something that he felt like he shouldn't have to give up. He was not willing to completely trust God. So the disciples in this moment are astounded. They are like we would be. They are floored that this guy can't buy his way in because first of all, they're used to the Jews giving preferential treatment to anybody with money. As a matter of fact, there's another story in the Bible where um, a centurion sends people to Jesus to tell him that his servant is sick. The centurion sends these emissaries to Jesus to say, hey, my servant is sick. Can you heal him? And Jesus says, I'll come. And then this is the story where the centurion says, no, um, just speak a word and he'll be healed, right? It's that story. Well, in one of the gospel tellings of that story, the Jews are sent to him first and then the Romans. And they're both from, both groups are from the same centurion. And when the Jews go to Jesus, they say, he is deserving for he has built us a synagogue and he loves Israel. So the Jews are very used to giving preferential and dominant treatment to those people with money. Because why? Because they give into the synagogue. They line the pockets of the Jews. And we find this today, okay? I went to a church once in Texas that had some very famous members. These members of this church were very, very, very famous locally and globally, and they went to church. And so what I found was one day we were at church 